Welcome back to the Help With My Loan podcast. I'm your host, Jack Artinian. I'm here with the team, some new faces or face, <laughs> and a lot of good information. I'm sure you guys listened to the previous episode where we talked about how loans work, commercial real estate loans versus residential loans, and really what the experience has been working with Help With My Loan. So um, I think I had a lot of fun in the first couple of episodes and really excited about this one. So I want to take a minute here and introduce a new team member. Uh, his name is Jojo Papazian. He has joined our team as a, I'm going to get the title wrong. So Office coordinator. Hello. It's great to join the team. It's been about a month. Great so far. Learning a lot. I came in from a very different world, the retail world. So being in finance, just learning all the terms and everything has been a lot, but we're getting to it, learning it slowly. You're Jojo's, doing a good job. Oh, I was Sorry. just about to say, Jojo's doing a great job. There you go. Two for two. Yeah. Um, there's Ani and uh, somebody else is here as well. Hi, guys. <laughs> it's Annabelle. <laughs> Also news, Annabelle recently got promoted to oh, an right. account executive. Oh, I Congratulations, think Annabelle. Yeah, thanks, guys. Congratulations, Annabelle. Welcome, Jojo. All right, so let's kick off the show. I'm very excited about this episode here, primarily because we're going to discuss a very important topic. I mean, just with the uh, economy being where it is, inflation uh, being where it's at, I think a lot of business owners are wondering, like, what kind of business capital are they open to? Like, what options are available for them. And, you know, the Small Business Administration has been a huge, huge help um, in providing these types of financing ever since the lending world got started, but really more so like the last 12 to 24 months, besides the idea loan, which we'll talk about, but uh, primarily I'm talking about uh, the SBA 7A and 504 loan. And Annabelle is going to kick it off and tell us a little bit about um, each loan type. So the SBA 7A and 504 are the two main types of SBA loans that are offered. And the biggest difference between them is the SBA 7A loan lends for businesses without any real estate attached. And it gives you the option to get lending for businesses that do have real estate attached. So you have a choice um, of which one you prefer or which one you're essentially working with in your current lifestyle. And then we have the 504, which only lends with businesses that have real estate attached to it. So it not only finances your business, but also the real estate that comes with it. Correct. And it, essentially the 504 won't let you finance the business only. So if you wanted to buy a Jersey Mike's franchise, then you know, you're only buying the business. That's SBA 7A eligible and 504 um, wouldn't fit the box at that point. I think it's important to note too also that 51% of the property has to be owner-occupied. I like it, yes. So no investment on that one. Let's discuss that for a second because like that's like a really cool thing that people forget about, right? Like, So w if I'm trying to buy a property for my business, right, and I can afford a certain dollar amount and maybe there aren't any properties available, well, you can up that budget you know, we'll tell you what the math is, uh, you know, using the help with my loan software. I got to throw that in there. Um, but it will essentially tell you, like, you know, what that person um, w would qualify for. So um, I think it's important to know that um, 
when you get rental income of 49%, that gives you a lot of room to make up for what your affordability is. So you buy a 10,000 square foot building. If you occupy 5,100 square feet, you can rent out the other 4,900 square feet. Even if it's at a dollar a square foot, that's an extra $4,900 um, that a business owner is getting and that property is being paid off. And you know, we've looked at office leases and there's various different things that we've looked at as a company recently. And, you know, I can't digest the fact of like paying a rent rent anymore, uh, being like a business that's now been here for five years and to like flush $60,000 a year or $300,000 after five years down the toilet. And like building ownership is such a huge um you know, factor when it comes to like your bottom line and like building assets, especially during these times. So, um, well, that's why you get a 504A loan, Jack. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, tell me a little bit about, uh, LTVs, like what loan to values do 504 and 7A loans? Like what are they, what do they normally lend to? So typically the business owner pays a minimum of 10% and the remainder is split between your conventional lender, which is the bank and the CDC. And for those of you who didn't know, because I didn't know until a couple months ago, that is your uh, local certified development company. These are certified and regulated by the SBA and they're pretty much just community-based programs that are nonprofits who promote economic development within their communities. So 90% LTV, right? 10% down. Does that sound right? That sounds right. But you can also go up to 100% financing with certain SB lenders since um, it's nationwide lending and almost every lender does something a little bit different. Uh, for example, we onboarded, I believe, Jessica Cohen um, this week, and she does 100% financing on certain properties and um subjects that would be able to get 100% financing. Nice. Yeah, I know. Uh I know she's one, Charles Wheaton, a good friend, and uh, he left U.S. Bank after 22 years to join Pacific Western Bank. Um, they also have a similar product. Um, really, our, our network is is pretty large. Ad adding Jojo to the team to have him uh, take part in the database has has really been huge because, you know, having the technology is great, but, you know, sharing that, you know, across um so many different lenders is, is tough for most uh, individuals uh, and brokers to, to kind of digest. So yeah, the, the 504 is a cool program. Um, definitely gives you a lot of flexibility uh, when it comes to the 7A. Um, when we talk about 7A real estate loans, similar type of product, except, you know, the client's injecting 10% down, 90% is financed by the, by the SBA. And, you know, it's a pretty straightforward transaction. I will say this, um, in my experience, the 7A has been a lot more open to projections-based based deals, deals that maybe haven't been, uh, you know, a business that hasn't been seasoned for a very long time, right? So I, I think it's it's important to note uh, the difference between the two. I'm going to test my team now and see, like, they all have their notes out and everyone's, like, done all this SBA research. Annabelle doesn't have notes. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, we've done all this research and let's see if you guys know this. So. What's like, what would you guys say is like the primary difference between like the 7A and the 504, but not so much regarding like, you know, what guarantee it is or what LTV, like why, why would somebody that qualifies for a 504 take a 7A? Whoops, I hit the mic. 
Um, I would say when someone qualifies for a 504, they would go with the 78 because 78 would be able to get done faster than the 504. 504 takes a, a significantly longer amount of time. However, it does have the benefit of better rates. So it's kind of a- What has the benefit of better rates? The 504 usually has better beats rates. the right. 7A rates. Primarily because the 504, that, that CDC piece is a 25-year fixed and it's a posted rate. I was going to say fixed versus variable, right? Agreed. Yes. But that's kind of not like a bigger factor, and I'll just I'll just say it is uh, the prepayment penalties, right? So if you get an SBA five hundred four loan, that it's a SBA ten-year balloon has a ten-year not balloon, but ten-year prepayment penalty potentially tied to that versus the the five hundred four, uh, which the seven A has a much shorter term uh, when it comes to the prepay. So moral of the story here is really know your customer KYC, like they used to teach me at US Bank. Um, and really understand what these guys and what your clients want, because that's the only way you're going to be able to put them into the right product. Not to say that anybody can predict the future, but at the same time, people have a plan, right? A business owner, I have a plan. Chris has a plan, right? Um, there is something there that you need to uncover as a loan officer or even you as a business owner, if you're listening to this podcast, is really understanding the differences and talking to a professional when it comes to it because it's more than the rate and the term. It's really, you know, what is your get out of jail free card if, if you need to use it, if if things get tough or things don't work out for the good or the bad. So, um, yeah, guys, I think this is really good. Um, the next topic I want to talk about is the SBA 7A non-real estate. Um, I want to get some ex uh, just some feedback from you guys. Like, how's how's that experience been? Uh, I know Annabelle probably has a lot of stories around around that. I know we use a uh, few different businesses, uh, or I should say, lenders. Uh, Smartbiz being one uh, that's that's within our database of lenders that that we've used even when we were brokering loans. So um, I know they have a really cool like three hundred and fifty Express product. So I, I guess Annabelle, like, what's been a, your experience with? With seven A's, like what kind of seven A loans, uh, non real estate have you done recently? So um, I've done a bunch uh, down from the simplest parts of just getting working capital for a business, um, businesses looking to get equipment loans, financing up to businesses looking for express loans, which are up to three hundred fifty thousand. Um, goes against how long it usually takes. So they're super fast, um, easy to do really. And then there's also micro loans that get funded for businesses for $50,000 or less. Okay. So 7A can go a long way. That rhymes. Um, and yeah, it just it. really does depend on what you're looking for in your product and how long you're really waiting to wait and essentially what you want to do with your business. Basically ask questions, right? Exactly. Communicate. Um, one other thing I want to touch base on is projections. So I know you mentioned that. I don't know if our viewers really know what projections based are um, yeah. because I really didn't when I came here. I was like, projections what? And essentially projection based loans that the SBA does is it would ask you to give about a three-year, if I'm not mistaken, um, profit and loss estimate for like what they think their financials are going to be in the next yeah. three years or so. So basically it's, yeah, so it's a number, right? Not that they're making up, but essentially like the first six months that you're going to build out to say, this is what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to sell, if you're a restaurant, I'm going to sell X number of sandwiches, you know, every single hour for eight hours a day times five days a week times 
you know, 30 days a month and so on and so forth. Right. And just come up with like a narrative on how you're going to get to those numbers. What the bank's trying to uncover there is, is have you had that thought process? Have you put in a plan or is this just, you know, we got a lot of business owners. We, we get calls. I mean, over time where, you know, you've got passionate people that get these ideas, but it, it really is just an idea like, and putting it on paper, it really becomes a big piece of that. And that's what projections are is, you know, setting it up to, where do you want to get to knowing that, you know, you're not going to hit those numbers exactly, but at least that thought process is there. So I think that that's really important. Annabelle. I, I like that you brought that up because we definitely didn't have that on the agenda. So nope. thanks for <laughs> Annabelle uh, mentioned it, it depends on what you want to do with the seven area, what you can do. I think it's, it's nice to talk about what you can't do as well. Yes. There's a few that are obvious, a few that aren't, I think to a lot of people, um, the first one, obviously, illegal, illegal activities. That's a no. Churches or any other nonprofit, because you do have to be a for-profit to get an 7A loan. Um, also, gambling, lending, um, real estate investment firms are also big no's for those. Um, what about some 504 no-no's? So you're telling me I can't open a casino and use SBA money to like open up a, a gaming center and play poker? Maybe, maybe jackpot money. <laughs> you can go conventionally, but not with the SBA. <laughs> probably not conventionally. No, probably not either. <laughs> Anything else, guys, on the non-business stuff? I think there's a couple things that we didn't touch on, um, which is you can use it to buy out your partner, buy out the book of business, uh, various different, um, you know, like Annabelle mentioned, to buy equipment. Definitely link up with a with a professional. Again, we have a team here and we have a network of of brokers and lenders within our database that are very well educated in this space. And I think what you're one thing you're realizing is in this conversation here today is that you know, asking questions and figuring out even for yourself, if it's for your own business and you're a listener, it's important to know that asking these questions and figuring out the benefits of each one from various different angles is the best approach. So talking to a professional is really important, even if it's not us. Also, my last touch would be um, even the SBA changes their rates, their criteria, their standards um, as time goes by, as whatever's going on with um, the U.S. financially. So um, it's always good to stay up to date with everything that's going on. You can always get on their website or our website and see what new things are out there or what changes have been made. Staying on a topic that actually recently ended, the SBA EIDL loan will be the second to last topic here that we want, we're going to discuss is we did a ton of these as a company. Um, we set up a very fluid process. Uh, in April of 2020, we took our time building it out, understanding the program, the do's and the don'ts, right? When it comes to not only the the process of the application, but when it comes to what you can charge, what you can't. Um, and, you know, the EIDL loan, I think, filled in a very big gap in the economy when it needed it. But now... What very, is the EIDL loan, Jack? Yeah. I'm not sure. What is the EIDL loan? Economic Injury Disaster Loan Assistance. Yes. So... 30-year loan, 3.75. Most businesses that I've seen have taken out this loan. Very few have not. Um, but what I'm starting to realize right now is we have now seen a case where a, a lot of these business owners have exhausted those funds. And there is a huge need for business capital. And we're seeing that in office, in leads, in searches with users that are using our software. 
um, in broker offices and relationships that I'm building. Like I've got a great relationship. I started off doing loans at Arkstone Financial with Marty Carey. He's a good friend. I was actually with him right before this podcast. And, you know, again, it's one of those things where you're starting to realize that, you know, commercial and business lending is something that, you know, I'm not going to say is recession proof. Definitely not. But it's definitely something where um, it gives not only the business owner, but brokers, uh, the opportunity to engage in financing options for clients um, that fit their needs, right? And I'm talking outside of MCA loans. So um, going back to the ideal, sorry, I went on a tangent there. So um, back- Annabelle, yeah, tell us what kind of businesses, what is it? Annabelle was the expert. Like literally we had like a line out the door and had to put a lock on the door outside because people would just walk in demanding to talk to Annabelle. We had, about we had to go appointment loan. only for COVID. <laughs> so backtracking a little bit on what EIDL is for those who don't know, um, this was released by the SBA in the beginning of the pandemic for businesses that were essentially affected by the pandemic. So I know um, all of America was shut down for how many months um, everyone became an introvert and businesses were suffering because they couldn't stay open for people to come get their basic needs or it had to be to go. Um, and the world entirely changed and I think it changed everyone's views. So when this came out, um, it really gave the businesses an opportunity to bounce back from the hit that they took. And it's a loan that came out that is like no other. And I don't think anything like this would ever come out again unless we unfortunately experience another disaster because almost any small business with less than 500 employees, including sole proprietors, independent contractors, people who are self-employed, nonprofits, veteran organizations could all get this loan. And it started off with first you get 150,000 and then they saw the influx and then they increased it to 500,000. And then the influx went on a frenzy and then it went up to 2 million. So depending on the finances of how much the business was profitable, from 2019, they would decide how much they would be eligible for. There were tears, right? There were tears, yeah. And the calculation for that was like none other, no bank now to this day would go by that. So they would get your um, gross income and multiply it by two. And then that's essentially what you would be eligible for. I just got confused on how that all even worked, to be honest. I was just like, just upload, send us your tax returns and let's go from there, right? But Annabelle, like, tell us your experience because what I think a lot of consumers, business owners didn't understand throughout this process is you talked about the 150, the 500 and the 2 million, right? How easy was the 150? You, everybody just kind of most of the time did it on their own. They just filled it out. They had that amount. Like Annabelle said, there was a multiplier there times two times seven times whatever. And it came up and it pretty much gave everybody that initial 150,000. But then the 500,000 came and underwriting got stricter. And then like we got up to $2 million and it's like doing a 7A loan. So a lot of those, you know, fraudsters that tried to get these SBA loans um, for businesses that they had just created or just had made up in 2019 um, really, you know, were in trouble because they really wouldn't qualify for those amounts. And if anything, they're exposing themselves. So I think it's important to mention that because, you know, Annabelle did a fantastic job about managing the operations uh, when it came to the timelines, because there wasn't a direct department. We had built relationships. I had built relationships um, since the program started in, what was it? April of 2020. There you go. The start and, of it all. Yeah. And it just ended in, 
was it May, May 6th was the cutoff date. Yeah. So that was the cutoff date. I'll throw some useful information in there. We can't help you out with it, but this program is still open. You need to contact the SBA and it's done by mail. And I can't believe I'm saying that being a, a technology innovator to a certain degree. In 2022. In 2022, um, if you're a business owner and you feel like you got the shorter end of the stick, the SBA is accepting applications. A lot of people don't know that. Reddit's got to be your best friend that sometimes, and it's my best friend. And that's where I realized that, yes, there are opportunities for business owners, but it's done by mail and there is a process. Um, so definitely uh, use Google and you know, be a great tool for you guys. Anything else, guys? EIDL, it's over. It's done. We're going to see it on uh, on balance sheets for the, the next, next 30, 30 years. When are the first payments due for borrowers? Ani, there it is. Great question. Um, 30 months after your when the lo loan initialized. So that's when you would be Like whenever the loan started. Yeah. yeah so um, if the loan was 30 months from the first time you got the first quote unquote 150000 or so or less, 30 months from there is when the payments due. I'm curious to see what that payment successful percentages in the next 12 months because that that should really paint the picture really well on you know what the long-term plan is with these loans so I'll be very curious and whether they'll see. probably bring it back or not i think too yeah i think getting paid back is before they bring it back I, I, that's my <laughs> opinion but who knows i mean yeah we never thought that they'd even bring anything like this out so i guess um yeah, yeah no the eideal was definitely a loan too good to be true with everything that it gave yeah. to the business owners. Granted, it was needed. And a lot, look, like we did a few hundred, I'd say, and assisted with. And it, honestly, every single business that we gave the money to is around now. And they're up and pumping. And I follow them on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And it's it's really cool to see because a lot of these guys, you know, would have sunk. You know? That's what it was made for, though, I think, to keep exactly. them open. Exactly. And riding that wave to see how it gets paid back is just like just me being a financial like nut a little bit like i'm just curious to see how that that all plays out but i think it would be really cool um you know if this becomes a thing of you know the future potentially on just offering longer terms i don't want the pandemic to ever happen again but yeah um definitely like looking at potentially like some longer terms um even though the sba does offer we didn't mention that but um 10-year term versus a convention alone, which that's the next topic of choice here, uh, an SBA loan versus a convention loan. And I'm going to bring Jojo on the line because he's uh, been taking pictures and been very helpful, but I definitely want to bring him on because he's done such an amazing job about like managing our database. He joined the company on like July the 20 something and uh, he took over the database and has really done a great job about not only bringing in new lenders, but managing the existing lenders. So bringing us to our next topic, SBA loans versus conventional loans. What is the difference? What are some of the things that, you know, you can do on the SBA side that you can't do conventionally and vice versa, right? Conventional loans are really the types of loans that most people know about, right? Besides before the SBA, and there's more of like a knowledge session, I think, because you want to get a conventional loan and if you're able to do so great right but to get a conventional loan you need year over year cash flow there are a few banks that offer you know where the most recent year has a cash flow but obviously their rates reflect that right so um i don't want to go 
too far into the conventional loan tab because I feel like right now and for this conversation, you know, SBA um, has been a really, really cool choice, like for small business owners. And that's what this, you know, really this show is kind of dedicated to is like small business owners. Um, Conventional real estate really talks about investment real estate. And that's things that we'll definitely talk about down the line. But I think in for today, um, going into the commercial world, as a small business owner during these times, uh, you know, the SBA loan is is something that all business owners should consider. I know Ani wants to throw something in there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I be- SBA typically has uh, below market rates versus conventional, which is why a lot of people sometimes go that route. Kind of, right? So in a certain way, yes, but there are conventional banks where, see, the, the cool thing about conventional banks is, is that they're able to customize certain products because they have their own guidelines, but it's their own money, right? Less regulated, yeah. Yeah, like not so much regulated, but like guidelines, right? Like they have certain things that, you know, they could just say, okay, like we can, what they call mitigate that. So every deal out there has strengths and weaknesses, right? So you got, the key is to be a good loan officer is to mitigate your weaknesses with strengths, right? So if your weakness is you know, something along those lines of, you know, something having to do with credit, maybe bringing in a co-borrower or writing a letter of explanation is something that can compensate that weakness, right? But conventionally, most business owners need to be established. Like there is most of the time business owners need to go through an extensive cash flow analysis. They need the cash flow for at least two years in a row. Um, that's the biggest difference. Yeah. They get into the nits and grits. Yes, with the, the nits and grits. Says. Um, essentially, um, backtracking on what Jack said, I just think that businesses that are fairly new, businesses that um, don't really have the finances to survive the underwriting of conventional banks would be way better off going with the SBA first. And um, one thing I don't think was mentioned is with the SBA, um, so the 7A loans, if you're trying to look for working capital and things like that, you don't need to put it down. I don't know if people know that. There's no required down money that they have to put. But if they want it 504, it's as little as 10%, whereas conventional can go anywhere from 20 to 30% down that they have to put. And that leaves the borrower off on a better foot because they get to save more money to themselves. You mean with the SBA loan? With the SBA loan. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. And I think, again, we have SBA lenders I mentioned Charles Wheaton, 100% financing. I think we mentioned Jessica Cohen. We've built a lot of great partnerships and that's, I think, the main reason why asking questions is is really big when it comes to, you know, what you take from this episode is it's great to know about SBA loans and the various different options, but asking the questions and getting into that mindset of figuring out what your overall plan is, is really the key. I wanted to, again, thank you guys and thank the listeners for listening. On the next episode, we're going to talk about our SaaS software. Why did we create this? What does it do? And all the things that go along with it. So thank you very much and enjoy your day. And before we head out, I also wanted to say you can find a lot more information on SBA loans, 504 loans, 7A, all that good stuff on helpwithmyloan.com. We have an entire tab for blogs. You can also find a lot of good information on the SBA's uh, website. So I think sba.gov. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Stay tuned.